Welcome, welcome, one and all. Steel Philippec here with another episode of Building a Better Story World. We've just wrapped up our arc on interactive narratives, dealing with that structure's five-part form. As a reminder, those five elements are an agent, a figure who has agency or the ability to control the experience, even in some small way, a desire, something that that figure desires out of the world beyond the basics, obstacles, blockages that prevent agents from achieving their desire, user choice, a choice provided to the agent that allows them to overcome those obstacles, Reward, something that validates the agent's initial and continuing participation. I recommend you check out the episodes that intrigue you, regardless of whether or not you're creating an interactive story. They can help build out your fan base too, and can work along lots of lines, from branding to marketing to live event design to theme parks and more. For now though, we're going to be recapping the prompts in each of these episodes so that you can find them all in one space. If you take part in this episode then, you'll create a firm foundation with thoughts on each of those five elements. First off, I want you to write down a brief sentence about what your interactive structure is. An app, a board game, a campaign, whatever. Just make sure that your audience has some level of interactivity in it, even if it's small or illusory. Please list that down as well. Secondly, write down at least six attributes of your interactive experience. Is it going to be long or short? Intense or relaxing? For younger audiences, older audiences, or all ages? Don't stop with those examples, however. Really try to dig down and think about some elements that make up your piece. Lastly, I want you to write one sentence about your story world and how big it is for your agent. Ignore your broader apparatus for this. Think about how your user is going to be interacting with your story structure. Improv comedy is an interactive storytelling structure and, seen from the success of the People's Improv Theater and the Upright Citizens Brigade, something that can reach global appeal. But without the magic of interaction between the users in the form of the comedians and the audiences, there would be no broader story world. Think this through, write down what you're considering, pausing if necessary, and then begin again. Next up on a piece of paper or lower down the document, I want you to write down at least one sentence about who or what the avatar is for your audience. This can be as simple as a nickname on a forum or as complex as a self-designed costume for cosplaying characters in some form of LARP or somewhere in between. A pen and paper character sheet, a profile on a dating app, and a user page on an airline rewards program website are all forms of the avatar and all have varying levels of complexity and customizability. Speaking of customizability, we're getting to that next. Below your description of the avatar, I want you to write at least three elements that are customizable by your audience. Names, faces, and roles quickly come to mind, but go beyond that. Consider how in many social platforms, users can give each other rewards or awards that are highlighted on their page. Gamer rankings are another form of customization, earned but unique to the individual. Blue check marks, overlays for video applications, and trophies for untapping a certain amount of unique beers are all such features. Take your time, pausing again if necessary, and then begin again. We're on to the third prompt. On a sheet of paper or in a spreadsheet, I want you to describe your primary user. Who is the kind of person that would like your experience? Then I want you to draw three columns and six rows, giving plenty of room to write in each cell. Label the rows, characteristics, agent, desire, obstacle, user choice, reward. In the characteristics row, I want you to jot down a few words or phrases that describe your primary user. Economy class or business class, intense or relaxed, easily distracted or highly focused, those kinds of things. In the agent row, I want you to use one word or phrase that could sum up that user. Lonely 50-somethings with too much time on their hands, or young adults seeking adventure, or children who like to draw. It can be whatever you want. You may see where this is going. In the desires, obstacles, user choice, and reward cells, I want you to write out what this user desires out of your experience, what obstacles might be put in their way, and whether those obstacles are fun or not the kinds of choices they can make, and how they can be rewarded. This is very broad, and you should feel free to workshop this on the back of the paper or in another doc. 
you're going to be continuously refining this as you work on your piece. Knowing what your users want out of the experience in each of the five steps and understanding their characteristics will help you make a more compelling interactive narrative just for them. That's one column, of course. The other two columns are for two other kinds of users who will take part in your experience. Try to use one column to describe, in the same fashion as I detailed above, someone who is much different from your core user but will still want to engage with your interactive structure. Uber must appeal to riders and drivers, while Yelp must appeal to eaters and restaurateurs, and Twitch must be accessible to both creators and fans. Also consider how such games as Smash Brothers, Overwatch, and Counter-Strike are for regular gamers and pro gamers. Fill in that second column, thinking your secondary user through, before going on to your last column. In that one, in the same way you built out the others, I want you to highlight one set of fans or users who may not like your work, at least at first. Maybe they don't like the idea of going online to look for cooking instructions, or perhaps they're intimidated by the controls of a video game. Whatever it is, this is not your target demo. But I want you to find the elements in them that might make them become one. Write down their characteristics, a phrase that encompasses their personhood, their desires, and all that other good stuff, and try to figure out why all of these things, while maybe not 100% aligned with you, could lead that someone to enjoy their experience with your piece. Most may not ever give it a chance, but some may, and if you can find the ways that will entice them, you'll be handsomely rewarded by finding an entire demographic of fans that hadn't considered it before. We'll be getting into individualization for your agents next. I want you to think about your audience, the people who will interact with your experience, and come up with three rewards. A narrative mystery that only superfans will be able to figure out. Some financial bonus for engaging with you. A few ways that you can validate your fans by taking part in your story world. You can find more of these prompts in the episode on agents proper, but they are just the beginning. You're going to have to cultivate that fandom you're building in ways that go beyond simply rewarding them with stuff. Speaking with fans, rather than talking to them, is a critical element in long-term interactive engagement. If audiences know that they're being listened to, even if that may differ from their vision, they're more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt when things go wrong and more apt to help point out areas for expansion. Pause here if needs be and begin again when you're good to go. That's it for agents. Next up, we'll be dealing with desires from a broad perspective. I want you to first think of a low-level crowdsourcing campaign for the interactive structures you've begun to build. This can be for an Indiegogo, CrowdRise, GoFundMe, Patreon, or some other financial platform, of course, but go beyond that. Here are some examples. Crowd contests, asking your audience to pick a new character to join your superhero group, or come up with a name for your sports team, or choose the next film you're going to review or deride. Macro tasks, getting a lot of contributors to help you create your fan film, or your awareness campaign, or your sociopolitical movement. Microtasks, reaching out to the cloud and those riding it for help in smaller tasks like translation or letters for your advice column or something else that's quick, simple, and direct. Self-organizing crowds, creating something like 24-hour comics or game jams in which you set a task for groups of people to achieve and then highlight the work of those groups. You, of course, might find that you've got a little bit of a couple of these things in your idea. That's great. Just make sure that you can describe it in a few sentences. If it's easy enough to be summed up in one sentence, it's probably not going to be as complex as it needs to be to function as a new piece of interactive narrative. If it takes pages and pages, it may succeed, but it's going to be hard to thrive when even you, the creator, have to take time out in order to properly package it so that your users can understand it. Next up, I want you to take out a piece of paper or a document, title it Accomplishments, and then split the page into two columns. In a quickfire fashion on the left side, I want you to write down as many bullet points as you can in one minute that each feature a word or phrase that highlights what you want to accomplish with your project. Don't think, just write. 
The goal isn't to be complete, so much as it is to think of all the different bits you want to achieve with your interactive structure. Yes, you may want to create a social media campaign, but is the goal to make a profit or to influence societal change? Is your cooking channel going to be about haute cuisine or comfort food? Are you looking to get this done simply or with pizzazz? Keep on writing until those 60 seconds have elapsed. After that's done, take another 60 seconds and, in the right column, list all of the accomplishments that your audience wants. Are they going to want to play through your game? Do they want to be one of the first to help you in your quest to get elected? Will they want to share their voice for an online newsletter, documentary, or podcast? Don't stop for those 60 seconds. Really try to think of all the ways your audience will feel accomplishment by engaging with you. Finally, when you're done with that, I want you to pick five elements of accomplishment apiece from both sides. These can be the top five most important, or the most achievable, or by whatever criteria you see fit. What's more important is that you then tie each one of your accomplishments with at least one accomplishment that your audience wants to fulfill. For example, if you're creating a digital branching narrative, you may want to create an experience that has multiple playthroughs, and your audience wants to engage in a story that reflects their choices. Tie those together. Make sure that you're giving enough choices to your audience so that they feel like they're really taking part in a playthrough that is but one of many. To make sure you're doing this properly, I want you to write a sentence about each pairing. How do they tie together? How will you accomplish what you want, and how will your audience accomplish what they want? How are your desires going to coexist? Really think this through. Pause here if you need to, then hit play, and we'll get on to our next prompt. On another piece of paper, or in another doc, or lower below, I want you to create another two columns. Title this one Empowerment, and redo the exercise we discussed above. That is, for 60 seconds apiece, write down bullet points that detail how you are empowering your audience, and how your audience is empowering you. Then, when you're finished with that, take five of these apiece, pair them up, and write a sentence for each duo that shows how you're going to connect your empowerment-based desires with those of your agents. Take your time, pausing if needs be, and then hit play when you're good to go. Validation is the final aspect of desire that we're going to get into, so think about how you will validate your audiences. This exercise takes the same form as the previous two exercises. On another sheet of paper or doc, create two columns, atop which you title them Validation. For 60 seconds per column, first write down what actions your interactive experience will facilitate that will help audiences feel validated. When that is done, write down ways that your audiences can express how they are or are not feeling validated. Just like the last two times, don't stop until those two minutes are over. After that, choose five bits from each column, pair them up, and then write a sentence about where there is overlap, or how these two attributes can work together to create a more fulfilling feeling of validation for you and your audience. We're getting onto obstacles next, but before we get into those specific prompts, I want you to write down a pitch paragraph for whatever interactive experience you're working on. Try to incorporate some stuff that you've brainstormed above. It's not so important to get all the details right as it is to give a good, broad overview so that you can understand what you're trying to create from a bird's eye view. Is it a game of some sort, a campaign, an amusement park ride, an event? What is the basic progress that a user takes? Who is it for? What do they desire? These are just some ideas. You can write this paragraph however you want. After that, I want you to write down at least five challenges that your users will face as they progress through your experience. One should be fairly simple, a training level, or a tutorial, or a safety video before people board your ride. Another one should be pretty challenging. Few people will actually overcome this particular challenge. It's for the diehards, the regulars, the people who want to challenge themselves in your narrative universe. It could be a mystery that only the most knowledgeable of fans can figure out, or a trophy that can only be achieved by breaking a hard task, or a gift in your rewards program that only the top users will get. The other three should be somewhere in between, but I would recommend you take a good, long look at your experience and think about your users. Do they simply want to engage in a fun diversion? Are they looking for a real challenge? Group your three other challenges somewhere on the spectrum between easy and difficult, based on what your users want. 
you also want to make sure you're giving your audience a path upward from simple challenges to complex challenges. Both a gradual increase in challenge and a steep difficulty curve are perfectly fine, so long as it's what your audience wants. Finally, for each challenge, I want you to write three sentences. The first sentence should be why you think this challenge will be fun for your audience. What is it that will engage your particular fandom so that they're clamoring for more? The second sentence should be about your story world. How are you making sure that this challenge reflects the intrinsic nature of your story world? If it's for adults, is it appropriately aimed at their intellect? If it's for kids, is it easy enough for them to understand? If your story world is complex or simple or dark or bright, how are each of these challenges reflective of that bit of your universe? Finally, I want you to write a sentence playing the devil's advocate. Genuinely get into the mindset of a hater. What will they say to denigrate your work? Don't be shy. Get into the mind of a mean, mean person. You don't have to accommodate them. In fact, you shouldn't. You should accommodate the lovers. But being prepared for the haters and what nasty things they say about you and your work will gird your loins in such a way that when someone tweets out something that feels ill-natured or improperly placed, you can brush it off or respond appropriately. Take your time. Pause here and then hit play when you're ready. The next element of obstacles that we're going to discuss is difficulty. I want you to look back to your paragraph detailing your experience and, just like before, write down five elements. This time, however, these should be difficulties rather than challenges. What are the annoyances and necessary evils that will come with your experience? Just as before, I want you to write down one that's minor and one that's major, then figure out three that fall somewhere in the center. Unlike last time, however, I want you to be realistic about how aggravating these difficulties are. You may think that internet speed isn't a big deal because you've got a great connection, but maybe your audience isn't as lucky. Err on the side of caution here. Overconcern yourself with the difficulties your audiences might face. You can't plan for every contingency, but if you're thinking of them, you'll be more prepared than the person who thinks everything is going to go right. And that's the next stage of our prompt. For each of these difficulties, I want you to write down two ways that you will make sure that these difficulties are as unobtrusive as possible. You won't be able to do away with every issue that emerges from your audience. You will be able to think through the big ones. This is more important than any single piece of advice I can give to you on the subject of obstacles. Your career is going to take many twists and turns. You may find yourself in a medium, industry, or nation that you never expected. You may suddenly find yourself thrust into the limelight, as have so many stars before your time. Being prepared for success and failure is critical to understanding those obstacles that face your career and yourself. That's enough of obstacles, however. We're going to be getting into user choice. I want you to go back to the work you did to understand your interactive experience's connection to an audience's desire. It's not about needs like in a traditional narrative. A person doesn't need to laugh or learn about fermentation or experiment with mustard in order to live. But without all of those things, what about life is worth living? Once you've got a handle on this, I want you to write three things that your audience desires out of your experience. Is it skills, chills, enlightenment, revelation? It can be any of these, none of these, something completely off the map, or something you've already written down. The important bit is that you're putting yourself in your audience's shoes. What is it that they want? They're going to be engaging with you, so speaking to their desires is at least as important as your own desires, if not more. You're going to be expanding on this in the next prompt. I want you to think about the path your audience will take and rate it a 1, 2, or 3. A 1 is a more or less linear experience, albeit with a limited amount of choice involved. Some examples of this would be a platforming game, like Super Mario Bros., where people can't affect the narrative but can choose how to play a level. Or maybe an event where you're asking for audience suggestions, like a social media campaign, crowdsourcing contest, or an improv show. A 2 on this scale would be something akin to a branching narrative, or a live event with multiple installations, or some other medium in which people can choose how to interact, but not so wildly that it's insanely divergent. A 3 on this scale would be for sandbox games, simulations, artistic programs, and in-person shared storytelling experiences like Pitchstorm or Fate, where you as a creator give the user a sandbox to play in, and the user determines how they want to play. 
After you determine that number, I want you to craft three sentences, each revolving around one of those desires you listed in the first prompt. What is it about your audience desires that will be reflected in the path they take through your experience? If you find some snag or skew, think to what is tripping you up. Have you not thought through your audience's desires properly? Or are you perhaps not quite giving them the path that they would need to fulfill their desires? Take your time with this, pausing if needs be, and then begin again. In the next prompt, I want you to think of at least one kind of branch in your interactive experience. It can be a moral choice, as seen in numerous interactive structures, such as Mass Effect. It can be a way that people engage with your program, a la It's Alive with Brad or any other social video channel. It can be a literal fork in the road if you're creating a live event, convention, VR experience, or amusement park. Regardless of what it is, make sure that this kind of choice is effortless. The actions that come from that choice can be challenging, such as in Duolingo when one can determine which branch of a foreign language that they want to explore, but the choice itself should be simple. You will have enough difficulty in crafting your work without having to add extra impediments in your user's choices. When you've thought about that, I want you to write those thoughts down on a scratch piece of paper before composing a paragraph that highlights the branch and at least one desire to which it speaks in your audience's journey. You'll probably have more than just one branch and probably more than just one desire that you want to discuss, but for now, focus. Take as much time as you need on this, pausing if necessary, and then resume this podcast. As your final prompt regarding user choice, I want you to brainstorm five ways that users can individualize their path through your interactive experience. You may feel that this is beyond the scope that you're working on at the moment, so instead consider a blue sky approach. If you had all the money, time, and collaborators that you might need at your disposal, how could you get people excited via individualized content? Finally, choose one of these individualized approaches, just one, to really flesh out. Think about it from a practical perspective. How much is it going to cost, and how difficult will it be to implement? It's better to do limited individualization well than unlimited individualization poorly, or even in a mediocre fashion. Bad choices or poorly thought out individualization will both ruin the illusion of your experience and take away from your audience's agency. You've promised them something that you can't fulfill. It seems that they don't have so much control over the experience after all. Our last segment of prompts are all about rewards, which we covered in the last episode. Firstly, I want you to write down a sentence about the fun of your interactive experience and another sentence about the story world. Give yourself space under those two lines, because I then want you to write down four small rewards that are tied to each of those sentences. They can be anything, so long as they're not too complex. These are more like fun-sized mini-rewards that will recur in your experience multiple times. Beside each of those mini-rewards, I want you to write down to which human sense it corresponds. Is it a visual reward? Is it auditory? Is it a pleasing smell? A unique flavor? Gratifying haptic feedback? Or something that literally feels good? You'll need at least two senses in order to give your experience a broad range of feedback, and preferably you should use three or more. Take some time to think about this stuff, write some ideas down, and then begin again. Those are all small rewards, but now's the time to get to your big rewards. Do think about actual rewards if you're creating a Kickstarter, but also think about all the big stuff for which your audience has come to you. Write down your sentence of fun again, and then list at least three big rewards that you hope to offer your audience, from narrative fulfillment in a story-based video game, to branching characterization in your interactive theater piece, to maxing out a character in your MMO, to eking out a last-minute victory in your competitive game. You may have already charted these out in earlier prompts. Feel free to stick them in, but do consider how they might be expanded. For each of those three big rewards, I also want you to write down a potential problem that could come with it. If it's a financial reward, you can bet that somebody is going to complain about the cost, or else that it commercializes an experience that they think should be free of such considerations. If it's an emotional reward, some people will complain that you're manipulating an audience's feelings. If it has anything to do with the love-lust spectrum, you're going to deal with puritanical busybodies. 
Write down what you think someone might complain about in a sentence or two, and then come up with a response that stays true to your story world. If your story world is one of happiness and acceptance, a snarky reply on social media will break the narrative world you're promising your audience. On the inverse, if you're an insult comedian and are polite or kind to those who face off against you or your fans online, you might be fomenting cognitive dissonance. Make sure your rewards are true to your world, your fans, and yourself, pausing if needs be, and then starting up again when you're ready. Finally, consider how you might make failure fun in your own world. I want you to think of a fail state in your interactive experience. Your main character dies, or else your audience doesn't solve the puzzle, or else their favorite ride is broken down, or the sound goes out just as the main act hits the stage. Think of one way to turn that failure into a victory. Write a sentence or two about it, even, and consider how you can make it work so that agents can snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. If you can think about how your world can still be fun in the face of failure, you'll have done a tremendous amount of work to make sure that people want to engage regardless of their progress. If you've just taken part in all of these prompts, well done. You've crafted the basics for your interactive experience. They're just the basics, however, and you may want to bend or even break some rules. I am hereby affirming that you have the right to do so. Your story world is yours alone, at least for now, so make sure it reflects your desires as much as those of your potential audience. That's what's important, not my recommendations or experience or words of advice. If you're passionate about what you're making, you're halfway there. For now, though, we're coming to a mini-break in building a better story world. Don't worry, I'll be back before you know it. In the meantime, feel free to listen to the past episodes, take part in other prompts throughout the show, and contact me at helmstarmedia at gmail.com or on Twitter, either at Words of Steel or at Building a BSW. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, or any other fine podcatcher. Can't wait to reconnect after this short break. Building a Better Story World is written, produced, recorded, and sound engineered by Steel Tyler Filipek. The theme song, Asia, is by Ilya Marfin via icons8.com. All narrative clips are used under the Fair Use Doctrine, as defined by Title 17 of the United States Code, subsection 107, in that they are used for nonprofit educational work for the purpose of analysis, have been transformed from their initial records by audio engineering for podcasting, and are not substantive of the entire work or function as a direct market substitute. Audio effects are provided by freesound.org under the Creative Commons license. If you feel that this production has unfairly used a piece of audio to which you own the rights, please contact helmstarmedia at gmail.com.